that praise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just lift him up. Let's lift him up. Let's lift him up. He's worthy. Jesus is worthy. Jesus is worthy. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. What beautiful worship. What a, what a beautiful time of worship that we've already had. And I, I love the atmosphere that's in this place. I want to tell a young person something here right now. Don't ever lose what it is that you have right now. Because the devil wants to come and jade you. He wants to make you a cynic. He wants to make you a skeptic. He wants to make you look down on a move of God. But I'm going to tell you that this right here is the most pure thing you can have in your life. It's such a privilege to lift up holy hands. It's such a great opportunity to worship God with a clean conscience. Hallelujah. There's a lot of people that lose this and try to come back and they find out they've gotten so much garbage that it's so hard to make it back to where they were. Amen. But I'm glad I'm there right now and I don't want to let go of it. How many are glad that you've got the name of Jesus and that you're filled with the Holy Ghost and that you're able to worship the Lord and you're able to put your faith in Him? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's give Him praise tonight. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, dear God, for the move of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, dear God, for the preached Word of God. Thank you for that holy atmosphere that you've provided us. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you've got a Bible, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the Word of the Lord. And I'm going to, I'm going to have you turn with me tonight to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. And while you're turning there, um, I want you to know that if you will make up in your mind to be built on the Word of God, you will be able to withstand the attacks of Satan. Because the Word of God is not like it's not like society. It's not like the world. It's not like fads. It's not like fashions. It doesn't change. That's why it's called a rock. And you never know how much you're going to need that rock until you get older and the waves and the wind buffet you and throw you and you need something that doesn't move. Amen. It's then that the Word of God and its value becomes apparent to you. I love the Word of God. It has gotten me through my darkest trials. It has taken me through the stormiest seas. Amen. It was good for my father. It was good for my grandfather, my great-grandfather. Amen. It's, it's been good for better men than myself. Praise the Lord. Joshua chapter 10. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 12. Joshua chapter 10 and verse 12. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said, in the sight of Israel. Everybody say, the sight of Israel. 
he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou, moon, in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, hasted not to go down about a whole day, and there was no day like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. He looked up and he said, Stand still. Sun, stand still. Moon, don't move. I want to preach to you tonight for a few moments on the subject I've entitled The Problem with Perspective. The Problem with Perspective. Look at the person next to you, tell them it matters where you're standing. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you, brother. You know, I was reading this one day, and I remember hearing this account in Sunday school. And I remember my Sunday school teaching me about the day the sun stood still and God's power that he revealed to his people when he helped them to defeat their enemies by by forcing nature to obey the man of God. And my Sunday school, it was old school. We didn't have projectors and PowerPoints and PDFs and computer graphics. We had uh, felt paper and whatever that little fuzzy background is, flannel, whatever that was. And I remember (laughs) that teacher putting that big orange sun on that black background and Every kid in that Sunday school looked at that and we got the message. That was the day the sun stood still. And then I got a little older and the thought occurred to me, wait a minute, the sun doesn't stand still like that. (laughs) Science has come along and told us that actually the earth rotates. So what looks like the sun moving around, moving from one side to the other, is actually not the sun moving. The sun never started moving. The earth is moving. And so the writer says that in the sight of Israel, this is what it looked like. This is how it appeared. And Joshua 
doesn't have Hubble telescope. He doesn't have modern science, so he does to the best of his ability what any man under the circumstances can do, and he trusts in his God. He didn't know to say, Earth, stop rotating. <laughs> he just said, Son, stand still. You know what? I'm glad God loves us enough to know what we really mean. I'm glad He's big enough to allow for my shortcomings. I'm glad He's big enough to remember my frame that I am dust. And He's so great that He interprets everything I say and He brings about His will and His purpose. We serve a great and a mighty God tonight. Amen. We serve a great and a mighty God tonight. Amen. You've got the best thing in the world in this sanctuary here right now. And I don't care what your perspective is. God is great and He's greatly to be praised. The devil will try to warp you. He'll try to twist you. He'll try to bend you. He'll try to intimidate you. But I'm here to let you know that there's no God like our God. There's none beside Him. He's able to work through our frailties. He's able to work through our hang-ups. He's able to work through our humanity. And He's able to bring about something that will save and to deliver. Oh, hallelujah. Perspective is very dangerous. It's very dangerous. That word perspective, it has nestled right in the middle of it a Latin term. The term is spect. And it means to see. It means to look at, to observe, and then to interpret. So, when you have a perspective, it's, it's how you see something. This is the same word that we use when we say we inspect something. And it literally means to see in. We inspect. An inspector is one who goes to see in. If you have glasses on, you have spectacles on. If you are looking at something, you are a spectator. And it means to see. The greatest problem with perspective is that perspective looks like truth. It seems like truth to you. All of your faculties, all of your experience, all of your understanding is focused upon this thing. You take what you see into your head, you interpret it, and whatever you're made of and wherever you're standing becomes truth. That's what it is. Be careful when you say that's what it is. Because perspective isn't necessarily truth. 
When you look at life through the eyes of a 15-year-old, you are standing in a certain place in your life. You, I can remember being 15. I remember my head being too big for my body. I remember my voice squeaking at the wrong time. I'd be trying to impress a young lady. And I would say in my most masculine voice, How are you doing? And my voice box would betray me. And I saw... I saw life a certain way, and I just knew it was right. I can remember looking at a young lady, and I thought, she's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Twenty years later, I look back at the picture, and she had buck teeth. She she was gawky. She was... A teenager like me. I thought I looked pretty swell. I thought I looked pretty sharp. When I looked back, I had buck teeth. And I was very disturbed to see that what I thought was real wasn't real. I can remember going to college. And when I left college, everybody that I associated with was from the same place. We all talked the same, wore the same clothes, and we were all the same color. I moved to California, and I went to college. And when I got there, I was in for a big surprise because everybody wasn't my color. None of them wore anything like me. They all spoke. I I heard more languages in the first 20 minutes I stepped foot in California than I had ever heard in my life. And I was uncomfortable. I didn't like it. People, in my mind, I thought, yeah, they are weird. The problem is they're looking back, looking at me, saying he is weird. And so after a few months, I thought, you know what? This California thing's not for me. I'm going to go back home. I don't have the guts to stick it out. So I went home on Christmas break And when I went back home to Indiana, the funniest thing happened. Everything was smaller. My house had shrunk. My room was more narrow. My bed seemed different. My friends talked different. Everybody had changed. It was like when I left, for three months they said, Nathan's gone, let's all change before he gets back. And I thought, what's wrong with these people? Until, after sitting and thinking about it a little bit, I realized it hit me. Nobody here had changed. I had changed. My perspective had shifted. My world got bigger. And I didn't realize how little the world was that I lived in. The truth was I had changed. It's amazing how we look at ourselves. 
It's amazing what we tell ourselves. It's amazing how much we think we know. And the problem with how we see things is that we think it's the truth. I want to tell somebody tonight, how you see life is not how life really is. Life is all about God. We don't have truth. Jesus is truth. The only thing you can take to the bank is what the Word of God says. No matter how you feel, no matter how you see it, no matter what you're going through, no matter what somebody told you, none of that matters. Let God be true and every man a liar. He is true. He is able. He sees it as it really is. I'm a blind man next to God. Hallelujah. So, the thing that a man of God, that a woman of God has to do is you've got to hook up with a seer. You've got to hook up with somebody who really sees it. You've got to find... This is why preaching is one of the greatest things you'll ever have in your life. Because you can... Go 30 years and make every mistake life has to offer you. You can look. And you know what amazes me is how people can look at the same exact thing and get two different ideas. Preaching is one of the greatest gifts you'll ever get. The Bible says we are saved by preaching. The foolishness of preaching saves men. We are not saved by music. We are not saved by shouting. We are not saved by singing. We are saved by preaching. Preaching will expose the sin. Preaching will straighten out the crooked. Preaching will cut through the custom. Preaching will save. It will knock the sin off of you. It will pull you out of the muck. Pull you out of the mire. Establish your coming and your going. Preaching will... Oh, hallelujah. It will pierce to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow. And it discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And you can go 30 years learning it the hard way or you can learn it in five minutes. Preaching is God's shortcut to truth. Preaching is God showing you the easy way through. Preaching's not hard if you'll be broken before God. Preaching will save you. The Bible describes a place in the scripture where Jehoshaphat and Ahab were dealing with with a decision to go to battle. Ahab's got Jezebel in his ear. He is pulled every which way. Jehoshaphat was a righteous king. Had no business with Ahab, but yet foolishly there he is. It matters who you hang out with, by the way. It matters who you hook up with. It matters who you run with. It matters who you spend time with. And I don't care if they go to the same church. If they're not of God, stay away from them. 
If they're not full of the Holy Ghost, if they're telling dirty jokes, if they're always playing games, if they're always messing around, if they're always pulling you down, get them out. Get them out. Don't have anything to do with them. Stay with the people who praise God. Stay with the people who are in the front. Stay with the people who are praying. Stay with the people who are sincere. The sinner will mock the sincere, but that's just a perspective. Truth will exonerate the righteous. So these two men, there's something about the wicked. The wicked always want to hear what they want to hear. The righteous want to hear what God says. And so Ahab listens to the false prophets and they all tell him what he wants to hear. One of the hallmarks of a false prophet is they'll give you what you want. A second hallmark of a false prophet is they will usually be the majority. (laughs) That's not how the world sees it. The world looks at the majority and says a million customers can't be wrong. A million satisfied customers can't be wrong. God doesn't say that. God says a million satisfied customers are usually wrong. So when you look around and see yourself in the majority and you take comfort from the majority, that's not time to shout. That's time to start examining yourself and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I read somewhere that the path to life is narrow and few, 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 yeah, few there be that find it. And the way to destruction is broad and many there be which go in their at. I don't start feeling comfortable when I'm with the majority. I start sweating. I start getting nervous. I start worrying that maybe I'm doing something wrong because I don't have the perspective of the world I have the perspective of the church honey eight people made it on the ark eight people made it on the ark two spies brought a good report 120 out of 500 went on the day of Pentecost the majority is never right and if you have the perspective of the church you'll know that Well, everybody's doing it. Sounds like a good reason not to do it. But so-and-so wants to. The the Moabites, the Midianites, the Ammonites, that's always why Israel fell into trouble. I'm not like the other nations. I'm not like the other places. I'm not like the other people. I'm not like those that are around me. I am God's holy people. I am God's chosen generation. I am God's peculiar people. You can say that's weird, but that's just a perspective. The truth is, it's elect. The truth is, it's special. The truth is, it's set apart and separate from wickedness. Don't get swallowed up in the perspective. You've got to see the truth. You can be seated. How do Ahab and Jehoshaphat see the exact same thing? And while the false prophets are prophesying, Ahab's going, tell me some more. Go up, the Lord will deliver it into your hand. Oh, amen. 
The Lord has given you victory. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) The Bible said that prophets prophesied falsely and my people love to have it so. (laughs) People always want to hear what they want to hear. But from God's perspective, Jehoshaphat, the man of God, is hearing something wrong. His... The Bible says the seeing eye and the hearing ear are from the Lord. (laughs) And Jehoshaphat was raised up in a straight school. And he's saying, you know, something's not ringing right. Something's not looking right. These guys are telling me a little, this is a little too smooth. These aren't men of God. These are yes men. These are men who know we have money. So they're afraid of offending us. So they'll tell us anything we want. The problem with that is that doesn't build the kingdom of God. That destroys it. And Jehoshaphat looked around and said, Ahab, don't you have a man of God anywhere around here? Now, I want to talk to everybody that feels like you have it so bad because you're the only one you know that has this. People go to school and they think to themselves, my God, I'm the only apostolic here. I'm the only apostolic in my neighborhood. I'm the only one in my family serving God. Poor me, oh my, what shall I ever do? And you can sit there and look at it like it's me against the world. Or you can stand up straight and say, out of all of this chaos, God chose me. It's not weird. It's elect. It just depends on where you're standing. It's, it's not crazy. It's God's word. Hallelujah. It takes that kind of a man to stand up on Mount Carmel and face down 850 false prophets. It takes that kind of man to walk into Pharaoh's court and say, let my people go. It takes that kind of man to walk into the religious world of the New Testament and say, the kingdom of God is at hand. Yes, men can't do it. False prophets can't do it. But a man of God can do it. A woman of God can do it. It just depends on where you're standing. (laughs) Standing in the valley of carnality, Ahab grudgingly says, Yes, there is one guy, but I hate him. That's the third thing false prophets have in common. They hate men of God. Men of God can't be bought. They can't be seduced. They refuse to be intimidated. They will walk up to a heathen king and tell him it's wrong to marry his brother's wife. Well, you're going to wreck your career. I'm not here for a career. I'm here for God. I'm here for truth. But you don't understand. No, yes, I do understand. The Word of God is true. I know you might be warped and twisted and you might see it this way, but I'm not looking at it from the human vantage point. I'm looking at it from a high place. I'm looking at it from the cosmos. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. John said, I was caught up in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I saw things that it wasn't lawful for me to speak or write about. Ezekiel said, he caught me up by a lock of my hair. I've seen things that will blow your mind. And now you're telling me not to preach it. You're telling me not to live it. You're telling me not. My God, I've seen too much. God showed it for me. He opened it up. I've seen the panorama. And I can't go back. I've been to the mountaintop and I come to tell somebody God is able. God is able. You haven't seen anything yet. The problem isn't God. The problem isn't truth. The problem is your perspective. Come on, don't do things the hard way. Listen to the Word of God. Don't live a life and waste your years. Listen to the Word of God. Don't follow the hypocrites and follow the crowd. Listen to the Word. Listen to the Word of God. It opens the eyes. It enlightens the mind. It makes wise the simple. You can be seated. There were people that they look at things and when they look at them, they, they interpret them. They make decisions. I'll tell you something about God. I fear God. I want to tell you something that I never want you to forget. If you don't hear anything else I preach in this message, I ask that you listen to me right now. I fear God. One of the things I have learned is that when I get around proud people or I get around arrogant people, I get scared for them. Because the Bible says that God takes the wise in their own craftiness. He, God does things. I, the, the Bible describes it like this. He, he said that the day would come when he would gather the wheat into the barn. And he would gather the tares to be burned. And when he said it, he was talking about the day when the angels would separate the wicked from the righteous. And the Bible specifically says, they would be gathered. What that means is, they're not doing it themselves. You get it? They're not the ones performing the action. God is. And the problem with arrogance 
is arrogance thinks it's doing it. See, when, when Ahab and Jehoshaphat were jostling back and forth, they didn't know there was a heavenly court up in heaven. There was spiritual activity going on where God was saying, who will go down for me? And one spirit said this and one spirit said that. And then one spirit said, I'll go down. And I'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophets. And what I'm telling you is that while Ahab was listening to those false prophets, he thought he was the one doing all the work. But that's just his perspective. God was letting Ahab be taken. What I mean is, God was gathering Ahab. It's an exerting of an outside force on the situation. So I watch it. I watch it in church. I watch backsliders look at me and say, I'm leaving. And when they say, I'm leaving, I know something. I know that they're not the only ones involved in this. I don't see somebody just making a decision to leave. I see God removing his hand from somebody and letting a spirit take them. They're being gathered. Have you ever wondered why liars gather with liars? Have you ever wondered why fornicators always find each other? I mean, they can see each other across the room. Have you ever noticed how the rebellious always find each other the first day? <laughs> Have you ever wondered why gossipers always clump together? They think it's them. But I'm telling you that there are invisible hands gathering, gathering, separate. Oh, what are we going to do? They're leaving. Oh, they're not just leaving. They're being gathered. And they're being gathered to be burned. Have you ever noticed that the righteous will find each other too? The people that want to pray, they know what time the church opens up for prayer. The people that obey their pastors, they know when to leave a conversation. And they know how to rebuke the wicked. Have you ever noticed that the people who love holiness and love modesty and love humility, they gather together because there are angelic hands that are saying, don't you go around the wicked. Don't you be corrupted by their ways. Stay away from the snare of the fowler because there's a God that loves you. Honey, you're not the only one involved. The angels of the Lord encamp round about them that fear Him. I know you think you're all alone, but that's just your perspective. Listen to me, hypocrite. I know you think you're making all the decisions but that's just your perspective you sir are being gathered hallelujah God keep me God give me a right mind give me a right spirit give me a right attitude let me see it the way it really is take not thy Holy Spirit from me renew unto me the joy of thy salvation
Hallelujah. Don't think you're the only one involved in the decision. Because if you want to believe a lie, God will let you. <laughs> he said because they did not receive a love for the truth, God would send a spirit of strong delusion. And they, God sends the spirit, but they believe the lie. See, it's, it's, that's the truth of what happened. The perspective is, I'll show them. The perspective is, let's see how they make it without me. The perspective is, I'm being held in and I'm being held in bondage. The perspective is, it's better out there. The truth is, in 20 years, you will have lost your innocence. You will have lost your virginity. You will have lost everything decent, good, and holy. And you'll find out the world does not care about you. That it will tear you limb from limb. And you'll be trying to get back what you lost 20 years ago at a camp meeting. I'm telling you, you cannot afford to get lost in the perspective. You cannot allow somebody else to think for you. Or to get caught up in a lie. Or to fall into the trap of gossip. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this law does he meditate day and night, for he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, which bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper that ain't a perspective honey that's the truth hallelujah hallelujah the truth is it's good to praise the Lord the truth is preaching works the truth is Well, the way I see it, I don't care how I see it. How does God see it? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. See, the scary thing about perspective is, at the time, you accept it as the truth. You can be seated. The goat and the sheep can look at the exact same thing. The thing is the same. The problem's not the thing, the problem is how you're looking at the thing. Which one's true? What is true? Because there is a truth. 
Don't you listen to this world that says there is no truth. There is truth. Can I have a little bit more time? The world will have you believe that when it comes to science, there is a truth. The periodic table of the elements all have the exact same numbers. They're true in China. They're true in Russia. They're true in Zimbabwe. They're true in Belize. They're true in Antarctica. They're true on the moon. They're true on Mars. Truth is truth anywhere in the cosmos you go. If you don't believe there's such a thing as truth, go up on top of this building and jump off and tell yourself, I will not fall. And you may have that perspective. Very shortly, you will learn what physicists call the gravitational constant. And what that means is large objects have attractive appeal. That translates into you splatting on the ground as your perspective meets truth like a bug meets a windshield. We'll accept truth in all of those arenas, but when it comes to church, all of a sudden there's no truth. Because it's invisible, because it's spiritual, well, then all of a sudden, well, there's many ways and we're all going to the same place. And, and it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you have a good heart. I had somebody tell me the other day, they said, they said, you know, that person can't go to hell because, because they're so good. They're so good. My grandmother is good and you can't tell me she's not good. I looked back at them and I said, yes, I can. Your grandmother is not good. How could you say my grandmother's not good? I can tell you your grandmother's not good because, first of all, before she was 85, she was 21. She wasn't always baking cookies. That's number one. Number two, the Bible says there is none good. No, not one. They have all gone out of the way. They have turned everyone to their own way. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Not your grandma, not your grandpa, not your brother, not your... Honey, without Jesus, I'm no good. Without the Holy Ghost, I'm no good. Paul said, in my flesh, there dwelleth no good thing. I can say that there's none good because God said that there's none good. Your perspective is that they're good, but the truth is, there's none. And you can sit there in the delusion of your fantasy or you can obey the word of God <laughs> postmodernism says there's many truths postmodernism says there's so many you might as well not even try to look just give up and stay home but that's not what Jesus said Jesus said the kingdom of God is likened to a woman that lost a coin 
and she swept her house diligently. And, and, and if you want to know how long you have to look, Jesus told them she looked for a certain period of time. The period of time was until she found it. That's how long you got to look. You look until you find it. I'm so glad God is a rewarder of them. Not that casually seek Him. Not that periodically seek Him. Not that seek Him every once in a while. But that diligently seek Him. You can make fun of me if you want to. But I'm going to find the truth. You can laugh at me, but I'm sweeping my house. I'm turning over every rock. I'm opening up every cupboard. I'm looking under the refrigerator. I'm looking underneath the bed. I'm looking in this scripture. I'm looking in that scripture. And I'm not going to stop until I find the truth. And when I find the truth, I'm going to sell all that I have. And I'm going to buy that field so that I can... Come on, young man. Come on, young lady. There is a truth. You can be seated. I'm closing. But the goat looks at a fence as an object to be trampled. Whereas the sheep look at it as a barrier to keep the predator away. It's all in how you look at it. It's all about it's all about what you are. What you value will be revealed in how you see things. Ahab looked at Elijah one day and said, "Art thou he that troubleth Israel?" Because that's how he looked at it. You can look at the preacher as the one who troubles you. You're always messing up the party. You're always sticking your nose in my business. You're always standing in my way. You can sit there and you can, you, you, you can, you can cuss the preacher. You can talk about the preacher. You can be mad at the preacher. But when, when God stops you, maybe God puts something there to save you. That donkey would not move forward no matter what Balaam did. Balaam kicked it, beat it, hollered at it, screamed at it. But the donkey had a perspective that Balaam had lost. I see judgment in the road. I see an angel ready to kill. When God backs you up and when God slams you against the wall, instead of cursing at the one that did it, maybe I should stop and think maybe my perspective's off. Perspective isn't truth. All you can do is get the way you see things as closely aligned to the way it really is as you possibly can. Listen to the preaching. Open up the Word of God. Get the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. You'll start to see things you never saw before. You'll start to hear things you never heard before. As perspective turns into reality and you will be able to say I once was blind 
but now I see. Thank God, young lady, for a pastor that really sees. Don't wait 10 years before you figure out he knows what he's talking about. Get it now. Young man, don't you wait 20 years before you figured out that your father knew what he was telling you when he told you not to hang around with that young man. Get it now. Holly, take the shortcut of preaching. Take the shortcut of obedience. Let the favor and the blessing of God. Hallelujah. I know it feels like the truth. I know it looks like the truth. But that doesn't make it the truth. The word of God makes it the truth. Somebody lift your hands. Somebody, somebody call on his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The problem with perspective is that you think it's right and you'll act on it like it's right. But that doesn't make it right. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in this place right now. I want, I want a young man, a young lady. I want, I want somebody that's been wrestling with something in your life. I want you to lift your hands right now where you're at and say, Jesus, I'm giving you everything. I'm not going to try to figure everything out because the truth is the devil's too smart for me. David said, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wonderful things, wondrous things out of thy law. The Bible says that Jesus walking with them then opened he their understanding. It is possible for your understanding to be closed. The scariest thing to me in the world is that I'll look at something and I'll believe a lie because I thought perspective was truth. I'm going to open up this altar right now. I want somebody to come and say, Jesus, let the scales fall from my eyes. Let me hear your voice. Let me see your will and your purpose. Brother Urshan, I've got an older brother that walked away from God. Don't let the same spirit that took him take you. What do you, what do you mean took, Brother Urshan? What, what do you mean took? He walked away. That's what you think. The truth is the Bible says that they're taken captive by the devil at his will. Oh, I think that young man's cute. I think, he, what are you attracted to? I hope your perspective is in alignment with the word of God. Oh, she's so pretty. She's so, there's something about her. I hope it's her prayer life. I hope it's her dedication to the things of God. I hope it's not sensuality, seduction, and worldliness. And the thrill of the forbidden mystery. Come on, let a spirit of prayer overtake you right now. While all of the prophets prophesied falsely, Micaiah looked at Ahab and said, I saw Israel scattered as a sheep without a shepherd. And the dogs will lick your blood before this thing's over. I can't afford to believe a lie. I shot down a
I can't afford to believe an illusion. I can't, I can't afford for a seducing spirit to take me away. Oh, somebody reach out. Somebody get a hold of him. You're living in a world filled with seduction. You're living in a world of images and a world of impressions and a world of electronic media. You're living in a world where it looks good and it sounds good. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I can't allow the perspective. No, no. Open down mine eyes. Preach to me, seer. Preach to me, man of God. Preach to me, pastor. Preach to me, elder. Open my eyes. How can a Saul persecute so vigorously? How can he kill people indiscriminately in the name of God? Because he bought into his perspective. But the truth was he was fighting against Jesus. He was kicking against the pricks. Oh, that's it. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. That's it. That's it. Lift up your voice. All over this building, right where you are, lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. Call on his name. Call on his name. Call on his name. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let the Holy Ghost break some things inside of you here right now. God's going to break some things inside. I know you think you can't get along without your cell phone. And I know you think you can't get along without this world. I'm going to tell you, God's going to break those perspectives. The only thing you can't get along with is without is Jesus. The only thing you can't get along without is the kingdom of God. Everything else is going to burn. Everything else is going to fail. Step out of yourself. Get caught up into the heavenlies. Get caught up into the things of God. And all of a sudden, you'll look at your pastor different. You'll look at your parents different. You'll look at who you're going to marry different. You'll look at your future different. You'll look at the job that you're working different. You'll look at everything different when you... How do you see it, sir? How do you see it, young man? How do you see it?
Oh, that's it. The Holy Ghost is here right now. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. I know the prayer room looks boring to the carnal mind, but to the spiritual mind, it's a place of refuge. It's a place to get caught up into the heavenlies. It's a place to pour out your heart. It's a place to bless the Lord. It's a place to find His will. Hallelujah. I, I, I know from the Babylonian perspective, the simple things of God looks so bland and so so simple but from the Israelite perspective it's God's word it makes us stronger it makes our eyes brighter it makes us healthier it makes us more able where are you standing tonight where you're standing matters hallelujah Show me. 